1: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Happy holidays, folks. Happy holidays. Ryan, happy holidays to you. Happy
2: holidays. Happy holidays holidays to everyone. Happy holidays. I
1: I hope everyone's having a great week, great day, great holiday. If you're having a bad day, have a better day. Uh, Turn it around, man. Turn it around somehow. Go for a run. Go for a drive. Go for a... Listen to some holiday music, if that's what you're into. Yeah. I like some holiday music. Oh, yeah.
2: What's your favorite holiday song, Ryan? Favorite holiday song?
1: Um, I just like the simple Have yourself a merry little Christmas yeah, Minds me be just nice. being a kid
2: That's a nice one That one's really That one tugs at it's the heartstrings It's strings. rich yeah, yeah. I mean you can't go wrong With the Mar- Mariah Carey
1: Maybe a Wham
2: maybe A Wham Yeah
1: Or maybe even So this is Christmas <laughs> And what have you done One of my, my
2: dad's favorites to play Was the, the Chicago Oh, yeah. uh, album because yeah. it, it was chicago 25 so they made a christmas album so we had that yep. one concert didn't rotation. they have a
1: bunch of bells and things on the front of the album I can't, yeah probably i think so That was a good. One. Uh, guys thank you so much for supporting this podcast all year long uh, it means the world to me if you're here for tom welling uh you came to the right show but uh, i hope that you like it enough to listen to next week which uh another great um actor and You know the support means the world it's a little podcast that can that could Mm -hmm. and uh so follow us and um those handles on instagram and facebook are uh
2: at inside of you podcasts instagram facebook on twitter at inside of you pod
1: that's exactly right it's right here and you know you can watch the shows on youtube subscribe you could listen on apple stitcher tune in spotify Make sure you listen. Write a review. It helps the show immensely. If you're getting something from these podcasts and uh, learning a little something, and you know we have so many letters that I you know, I get that people just are really, um, you know, the show helps them and uh, in some way, and that means the world to me. Uh, I'm glad Ryan here is still with BetterHelp. He's still seeing therapy. Uh, we're all seeing therapy. It's uh, it's going to be a great next year. If this year was tough for you, there's always tomorrow, man. I keep saying, hey. Next year's going to be better. You just, you, you have to think like that. You have to have that mentality. You can't be like, oh, it's just going to get worse. You can't, you got to turn it around, man. Turn it around. Um, also, stop by the inside of your store. Inside of your online store. Um, 10% off. Just put "Rosie Christmas 10. R-O-S-E-Y Christmas 10. Uh, we've got Smallville lunch boxes I autograph. We've got uh, some new tumblers. We've got some Smallville shirts. We've got pictures autographed just mugs. I think we've got a lot of great stuff and more stuff on the way. So go to the inside You online store. And of course, sunspin.com. If you want to book a, a conversation with me on zoom and, uh, or buy some cool merch there. So why don't we just do it? Let's uh, happy holidays, everybody. This is my good buddy. Uh, he's been on before he's been on, I think the most him and Stephen Amell and mm-hmm. Zach Levi are probably the leader on the leaderboard of who's been on the podcast. Um, but we had a great conversation and I think you're going to really enjoy it. So uh, let me know what you think. And uh, let's get inside of Tom Welling. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. What's the shirt? Why Is you that Lady write- Gaga? No, dude. That's Ariana Grande. Let's go. Ariana Grande, why is she upside down on your shirt?
3: I don't know. My wife went to the concert with her friend and brought me this home, and I love it.
1: Well, it looks good on you.
3: And in fact, today I was trying to figure out what to wear here. And my wife was like, what are you going to wear? And I was like, I, I was like, I have two options. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And she was, and she's paused. And I was like, okay. So I went back in the room, literally, and I'm going through the stack of the limited clothing that I have here. Right. And I'm picking up this t-shirt. She goes, what about Ariana Grande? And I was like... And I swear to God, I was just picking it up.
1: Do you like so Ariana Grande? Who doesn't? I don't know one song she sings.
3: Oh, you have to watch her I'm on... stuck, you
1: know, in the 70s and 80s, some 90s.
3: She has a gift. there's this YouTube video of her, I think it's on Jimmy Fallon, and she can do Celine Dion, she yeah. can do everybody, all these-
1: oh, God. Yeah, just move it closer to you. It's
3: this gonna be a thing?
1: Well, if you, know, you keep turning and talking to Ryan, it will be.
3: Well, Ryan's interesting guy, he's a handsome dude. Yeah, he is. You he know, seems interesting.
1: Bobby yeah. Lee said he looked like an eagle from the side. <laughs> but go ahead
3: no but in, i was literally picking this t-shirt up from the stack and when, when i heard my wife said, so it was like had to i had to wear this
1: well i like it thank you it's it's thinning blacks thinning right and she's upside down which makes it work it does somehow is there i don't know if there's a reason but ariana grande i, know. I know a lot of listeners are gonna probably say how do you know not, not how do you not know one song from ariana grande
3: I, that's okay that you don't it's like meeting someone who's never watched seinfeld you know how oh, you, when you meet them and you're just see. like oh, you are so lucky, and I'm not saying you have to buy her albums. No offense, Ariana, or why I'm looking at you. But, I don't know. um, but like watch that YouTube video of her doing other people's voices. She's amazing.
1: H- have you listened to any A- A-
2: Ariana Grande songs? Yeah, no, I mean I am one of those. Like it's how do you not run across an Ariana Grande song?
1: I, I wouldn't know who. Uh, wh- who <laughs> you, you
2: probably would know. You would. Thank you. Next, I got one less problem without you. Sing something. I'm so fucking grateful for my. See, that's expanded. better. See, I couldn't Thank do that, you. and I'm wearing your T-shirt.
1: Does she say the f-bomb in her yeah. songs? Yeah. Isn't she really young? I mean, she's like 29 now. Mm. Young to you. <laughs> young to you. Uh, Speaking sure. of which, we're getting old, man.
3: I mean, you look the same.
1: No, no. You I, said more I, hair. I, I absolutely don't look the same. I, 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 sometimes I find it hard to look in the mirror in the mornings. I, I, I honestly get up. And I try not to look at myself. I try to shower. I try to blow dry really quick. Uh, I air dry. What about your hair? Today, I gave a chest a little trim hair, a trimming.
3: I remember you having a lot of shaving considerations.
1: <laughs> on Smallville?
3: Well, not just your head, but you'd be like, how's my back? How's my, you know?" Well,
1: you know, it's like sometimes your back, my neck, my, and, but sometimes, do you, Ariana Grande? do you ever, you don't have any hair on your back. Not that I can see. You really are so lucky. Do you know how lucky you are to not have any hair? It's not like I'm Harold and the Hendersons, but it, but uh, but I get some, if I let it go for a couple months, I need somebody to trim it with an electric razor.
3: Yeah. See, I don't know how lucky I am because I haven't, you know what I mean?
1: So you don't do any trimming? Does your wife ask you to trim down there below the waist?
3: I mean, there's always a little bit of, a look, like, it's not like a direct request, but there's always a little bit like, hey, you know, clean it up in general
1: oh Um, so she says something
3: well just like about a lot of things you know like clean it up it's like
1: clean Clean it up clean it up just clean it up what about you ryan does amanda ever ask you to uh trim downstairs
2: uh no but it's yeah it's it's implied just sort of keep it keep it nice (laughs) i can't
1: find it
3: (laughs) i can't find it it's too hairy (laughs) that's the yeah
2: that's the ongoing it's it's a lot smaller than a lot of my hairs well listen
3: i think we should start now and I just uh, want to say thank you for this, pay- thank you for paying me to be here.
1: The, absolutely. Um, I always have to pay my guests to be here. Yep. Otherwise, why would they spend so much valuable time with me? Uh, you know, I got this Family Feud game really quick, and it's kind of fun. Oh, so God. each of you, you get three strikes. But uh, top six answers on the board, Ryan and Tom. Name something you'd find on a playground one at a time. So go ahead, Jungle Tom. Gym. Jungle Jim. Jungle Jim. You are correct. That's the number four answer. Uh, Ryan. Swing set. That's the number one answer. Tom we have to keep
3: going? I thought I got well, one. You,
1: there's six answers on the board. This is Family Feud here.
3: <sighs> um, I don't know what a lot of things are called there. Um, Monkey bars.
1: Correct. That's Whoa. one. Ryan, that three one. left. Oh, slide. That, slide. Two answers left on the board. What, what would you find in a playground? Come on. Rappers. No. Like food. Who goes to playgrounds? Children. There we go. That's the number six answer. And one left this oh, is probably the best there's da- usually
3: more than one slide
1: no but this is not a slide this is uh you know it's kind of a balancing thing it's kind of like
0: uh, oh it's seesaw
3: yeah it's seesaw. it is uh-huh. seesaw. Actually, i have two sons now and i think they've they've like gotten the seesaws out of the uh
1: why is that parks. why do they get seesaws out of the parks? I, there
3: might be a liability issue i just we've been <laughs> i go to parks as, as much as i can i've i've very rarely because kids
1: kind of fl- you know when they're up yeah. they kind of fall down they could hit their heads yeah i could see the liability issue yeah. are you now that you're a dad you have two kids now right Yep. Yeah. you have rocklin
3: yep thompson and rocklin yeah.
1: thompson and Ro- thompson and rocklin yep. two boys two boys how much has your life changed honestly um, you've gotta be fucking exhausted, dude. Uh, Two kids, uh, <laughs> you had your own shit going on. You could wake up when you want, you could do what you want. Now you're not doing that. I text you once at 4 30 in the morning because I was on the east coast and you were up, and I dude. Answered.
3: <laughs> you're like, what are you doing up? I'm like, Why I don't know. I mean, it's worth it, man. Like, you're I mean, there is a cut. Right, constant... well, cut
1: the bullshit, it's worth it stuff. It's no, gotta it is,
3: be... it is like it'll be 4 30 in the morning, and your son is like, dad, dad dad." And and you're like, yeah, like you're happy, really? and then you go and you sit down and maybe you're trying to keep them, you know, if, if they're not looking at you and talking to you, but they're engaged in something else, you're like, <laughs> you know, yeah. But it's it is it's the most special thing in the world, and and yeah, I recommend it for you. Like I've said, you got to find the right person. I mean, yeah, oh, right. fuck,
1: story of my life, dude.
3: <laughs> but it's, how long am but I? You're always do exhausted. This? How, Everybody knows.
1: Are that. you who me?
3: No, everybody who has kids who's listening or watching this, like, you're exhausted, but it's worth it. I'm exhausted right now. You are. But I'm happy. And that's the difference. You know, when you do something, you're jet lagged, you're doing something you don't want to do. Well, then you're completely miserable. But, I mean, I couldn't be happy right now.
1: But this is, you have purpose. Do you feel like you have purpose in your life now?
3: Yeah. yeah. A different kind of purpose that I probably never ha- would have had otherwise. Yeah.
1: And what you notice a big change in your personality? Because I remember on set, I'm you, could be, you could be impatient. Yeah. You know, you were kind of like always working. You could get a little revved up. But like, does this force you to kind of become more patient?
3: A, a, a buddy of mine gave me really good advice when, when my wife was pregnant with her first son. He's like, um, you're going to realize that you have zero tolerance for bullshit once your child is born. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, once that kid's born, like you're just going to like your friends who are sort of like. I'll be there, but I'll be late. But you just—you don't give a shit. Like it's just not important anymore. But your kids are, and keeping them safe is good. Which is why when you then leave your children, those choices to do that are so much more important. Like coming here, I had to think—you know—is this worth leaving my children for?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're only a minute away, and I'm a minute away.
3: But um, but it's a consideration with work projects and and things that you like. We're working on two things, right? But like those feel worth it to me to spend time away from my family in order to. Be creative and do great things to come back to them
1: do Um, you feel like you need to like sometimes getting away going to a convention going to shoot a movie going to do these things it's almost like i needed this
3: i thought i did um as you know um there was a a there was a a 10 day 10 day period where i went to a convention had a couple days off and then met you at another convention whatnot and you know all i i thought i was gonna be like okay i'm free because i hadn't been i had not left my family like a year and a half and there was a part of me that was like, okay, man, finally I get to sleep. Well, we go into the convention. There's there's a lot of work, very little sleep. But then the three days I had to myself, the first night I slept 14 hours.
1: And you hadn't slept 14 hours since probably Thompson was born.
3: I've never slept 14 hours, I don't think, ever. And then I was like, cool, I'm going to do this for two more nights. Well, it doesn't happen that way. I mean, your body can't really do that. But I'll... Honestly, all I did was miss them the entire time.
1: Really? Yeah, I couldn't because you to can do easily that. come on here as many I, um, do, and you could say, oh, kids are wonderful. Kids, are-. you know." I had my friend Chris once said to me, "He's like, no matter what anybody ever says to you, and I love my child. I love my child more than anything. Sometimes you want to fucking kill the kid." There. Well, I've never. <laughs> He's like, but obviously you don't. But there's times when you're like,
3: I can't make you happy. There's times when you just want your kid to do what you want them to do, and that's like go to sleep or right, like right. there is that stuff. But I've I've never, I've never thought about killing my child.
1: Well, no, I don't think he meant but... killing the child. I thought I think he meant just like I just
3: I just fucking can't make you happy. There's some times where you're like, I just wish I could go take a nap, or I wish I could just have an hour to myself. There is that. I mean, that's normal. That's normal human being, and that's where. You know, like my wife and I, we, we we juggle that, you know. so Does
1: having kids affect your relationship? Does it make it, is it more positive uh, things? Or yeah. does it sometimes, there's like, you know, when are we going to have, because I remember you telling me something, we're like, you know, she's got two kids in her hand and you're kind of look, looking at her like, hey, happy time. What do you think? <laughs> she's like, I got two fucking kids in my arms. How are we going to have time for this? But there's got to be things that, you you know.
3: You got to make time for the two of you. That is something which I'm still trying to get better at. I mean, that's just how it goes, but we both enjoy our kids so much. Like all we do, like when our kids are there, we just look at each other and smile. Like it's, it's
1: awesome. Inside of you is brought to you by rocket money. I love rocket money. You know why? Cause everyone should have rocket money. Cause it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore? And we're paying so much money. It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I I found one. You and you did it. You told I me found, I got Rocket Money.
2: Okay, like I, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever, mm-hmm. and you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget. After this trial period, it kicks in and they're charging you 10 bucks a month. It is embarrassing. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra. Uh, Between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com inside. I have to say, Ryan, I mean, Tom definitely is more of a calmer, patient person than I knew him on Smallville. That's you just is true. just in the last since the kids were born, especially you do seem more like yeah. you kind of go with the flow.
3: Well, I did an interview um, recently for the 20th anniversary of Smallville. And I talked to this. You know, it was over the phone. The guy couldn't even see me, and it was like a 15 minute interview. And at the end, he's like, "You sound really happy," and I was like, <laughs> "I am happy. I mean, this is great." He goes, "No, no, no. I interviewed you like four or five times before during Smallville. You this is the first time you've heard. I've heard you." F- Sound happy, and I was like, "Wow, you're right." I mean, there was—I don't want to complain, but like that was a, there was a, that was a tough part of my life. And great success, great TV show, like very grateful
1: and all that. But
3: but on the personal side, I wasn't happy. But
1: I remember that. I remember it's funny because now your parents visit and they kind of take care of the kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I remember—I don't know if I really looked at you and your mother and father as close when we were on Smallville. You seemed kind of distant. And now when I see you together. It seems like there's a new bond.
3: Well, my, it was funny. My parents came to visit me on Smallville, and it's you know they they arrived. I didn't get home till like midnight. Mm. I left at six a.m. They weren't awake. It took two days for them to come visit set. And like you and I have talked about, people come to visit you in set, and you start to shoot a scene, and like fifteen minutes later, they're like, "So, um, you're
1: you're still shooting you're still
3: this, doing this." Like it's very boring <laughs> to visit set after fifteen yeah. minutes. And so my parents, after three days of that, were like, so we're going to go to Vancouver Island. We're going to fuck off. My parents took a vacation to visit me and then took a vacation from visiting me because I wasn't available. I mean, I was gone all the time. Right. So that's probably why you didn't necessarily see us together because I was, the show was everything at that point.
1: It really was everything. And they, and it's hard for people to understand. They're like, you know, they're probably like, you know, Uh,
3: do they need to understand? But I think,
1: you know, I think people in general when you're filming something and you don't text back and you don't, you're absorbed, you're enveloped yeah. in a project that you just, you can't, like for me, I can't break away from it. I've got to have full focus on yeah. something or I'm not going to be good. Right. I've got to focus entirely on the task at hand. Mm-hmm. And some people can get annoyed, like, you haven't called me, you didn't text me back. Oh, my friends will always get my friend Kent in Indiana. Oh, really? When I don't respond, oh, good talk, dude.
3: Well, I, I went through <laughs> a couple of friends during that period. But the, <laughs> the, but the friends that are still there are still, like, my good friends. Like, you go into a submarine for 10 months. Yeah. You know, you're basically just incommunicado, and people get that, and you come back out. And it was like, you know, you, you'd have a month and a half or two to, like, hang out with these people. And then you're like, later, and they're like, later, see you in a year. That's just, that's also good friendship, I think. Yeah. I mean... Do you need to talk to him every day? Hopefully not. But... No, but you do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I FaceTime him. Hey, Ryan. You're like, hey, dude, I'm You FaceTime editing. everyone. I know. It's FaceTiming. 20th anniversary of Smallville. You and I just did a bunch of press. We promoted yep. the Blu-ray that's coming out. Yep. Uh, this will probably be already out by the time this airs. Yeah. But, um, and you always get offended, you know, upset when people say 20th anniversary. And you're like, it's not from the time it ended. It's from the time it started. Twenty years, <laughs> yeah. Twenty years since you started Smallville, and I've talked to you about this. How much do you think, if you, when you look back at starting the show, I mean, it's got to be a daunting thing. Or were you just so naive and just young and giddy and all that that you just didn't realize um, what a daunting task it was to play the lead role in a huge series?
3: Well, the funny thing is, I was sold on the idea that it was an ensemble. <laughs>
1: ensemble means there was the rest of the cast to do some of the work
3: so that was the naivete that you're talking about to me it was a it was a job cool I've never been to Vancouver let's go and then I got in front of all you guys and you guys knew what like marks were and where like how where the light should be and stuff and I was like oh boy I better I better learn fast so yeah I had no idea I just knew it was a great job and I hope it would work and that's how it continued and we ended up lasting 10 years. I mean, that was a Yeah. I think there's less than 30 TV shows in the history of television the last lasted. Is that
1: true? Us. Wow. There's not a lot. Were you nervous though, honestly? Were you acting for the like really for the first time? You've done some small things, but like doing scenes in the very beginning. Do you remember how you felt? Do you remember overwhelmed? Do you remember like, can I do this? Can I? Can I get through it? Were were you embarrassed at all? The crew's watching the cast, everybody. Were you? Because you're so young and you just had done some modeling and like you did the Amy show, Judging Amy. Judging Amy, but you hadn't done a lot. Well, I would have been a nervous wreck. But she
3: she was a that that Judging Amy experience was awesome for me because I got to act with her, and I saw the way she operated on set and how she treated people and how when the cameras started. and, And I don't know if I knew this at the time, but then she would like then we would just be in the scene. It would just be talking to each other a lot like you and I did. Right. And in some ways, when Smuggle happened, again, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was an ensemble, but many times, especially <laughs> in the first season, I'm like, where's everybody else?
1: Yeah. You're like, Michael was just scene. here and he left. Kristen's
3: yeah. now here. She left. Right. They must <laughs> be doing other things, right? No, they went home. Um, but the camera, I don't mean to sound like whatever, but the camera never never bothers me, never has, never has. Like I don't see it, and and thankfully nah, that's
1: rare. Like, that's rare.
3: I'm just thank God. Even I mean,
1: in the beginning, even when you're first doing these few scenes, no. you are not thinking, "Oh my God, am I selling it? Am I doing the right thing? Am I?"
3: No, if anything else, I never felt like I, I, I had looked to like the directors and producers or the other actors and be like, "Did I?" Not that I get away with that, but like when they move on, I'm like, "Okay." I don't know if it's good or not, but I wasn't like, oh no, because I just thought that other people should tell me if I was doing bad. Yeah, I don't know. And we, that, our relationship was a little bit like that where you'd, we'd be in a scene and you'd be like, just do that again, do that again. Like you can do better or whatever. Like that, that was helpful. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. But I kind of looked for other people to guide me innately. So, you know, if somebody was like, that was shitty, I was like, okay, well, how do we adjust it? Right. And I don't know where I got that from or whatnot. I don't know if, I don't want to be arrogant and say, I don't know if you can teach that. I was just so focused on the job that I don't know if. So
1: you've never really cared about what other people think is what you're saying.
3: Well, I cared about the people around me who thought, but like, as we've talked about, social media wasn't a thing or commenting about episodes wasn't really. Right. But, you know, if there were times where you, you know, we would. I just relied on other people. I think that's the answer. I relied on other people to help, to support me. And if they said we needed more, I'd do more. If they said we got it, we got it.
1: Do you remember the first time you saw the pilot or some moments that you thought, wow, this is going to change my life?
3: Um, I don't remember seeing the pilot.
1: You don't remember seeing the pilot. I,
3: I know what the pilot is, right? But I don't know where I was and when I saw it. I don't.
1: But you got to remember, like the first time you watched an episode of Smallville, that you were the lead in it and thought you had different, you, know, you had thoughts about it.
3: I just don't remember when or where I was, but I do remember when Clark pulls off in the pilot when he pulls off the door to the truck, and he says, uh, "You know, my name's Clark Kent. And you're in Smallville." I remember doing that scene and being like, "Oh, this is awesome." like this is this is like james bond indiana jones it's like there was just so much about that moment you know um i just remember when we were doing it i remember being i remember it being cool yeah
1: you were so young so like i i mean you also you didn't have time to go home and study lines no No. now that's got to be terrifying sort of for someone like me who always studied lines and did plays and you know, ha- had to really learn the stuff so I could be free on set. But you you just didn't have the time. You're in every scene every day. You could, you had to go home and sleep. But that
3: was my job. My job was to be there all the time, every day. Um, <laughs> as you know, with Clark and Lex, like Clark doesn't have a lot of lines. And a lot of times in television shows, the leads don't because the story needs to be, you know, they're in the middle of the story. So, the, you know, everybody else talks to them. It's a lot at the times what happens in, in television shows. Um, so like, you know, you and I would be in scenes and I'd be like, man, this guy, you know, you got a ton of lines. Like it's you, 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 you. And then right. Clark would be like, what do you mean? <laughs> but my job was to be there all the time, in a sense. And I always, uh, you know, for 10 years of my life, it was whatever it takes to be there. That's just was my focus.
1: Did you ever have breaking points where you're like, I can't freaking do this i'm i'm so tired they've got to give me a day off um did you ever have moments where you're driving to work and you're just like i gotta pull over i'm so tired
3: i mean i gotta be honest with you. that was most days like it was most days because we
1: drove ourselves to work yeah until the cast got together yeah and said tom has he's to have die. a driver <laughs> he's going to die. die yeah he's going to die he's your lead role he's yeah. our lead guy you so many times you were driving to work and you had to pull over
3: I, I got pulled over once. By a um, cop. By a cop. Um, I was going to work. I was just in a constant, like, irritated mood all the time. And I remember one day I was driving to work. It was, like, season three. And it was, like, I'm sure some of, some of you listening are watching this. A car is slowed in front of you. You want to just not slow down. You hit the horn. The car clears, and you realize, like... <laughs> Someone just got in an accident. There's a cop already there, and the cop just turned to me and was like, "Turn out!" Like, so I pulled over, and the guy was like, "What are you honking for?" And in Vancouver, honking your horn,
1: Canadians don't honk.
3: They their don't horns. honk. So they're Canadians. They're lovely. A, and I'm not a big honker, but it was just that moment. I was like, Arr! Oh, and he's, he "What are you honking for?" I'm like, "I just... I'm." He and he he made me sit there for a minute to almost teach me, like. Calm down, slow down, never give me a ticket. But I, you know, I mean, I needed to hear that right there. You right. know, like, just chill out a little bit, too.
1: But you were absolutely, you'd say, at least once or twice a week on the way to work or on the way home, you are just like, I'm out of my mind, tired.
3: Yeah, constantly. Like, would you
1: fall asleep easy? Did you ever flight. need any pills to go to sleep?
3: Never pills. Never to fall asleep A beer? Easy. What I did is I would normally nap for 15 minutes at lunch. Like, I would, like, during lunch, I would have, I would get my lunch eat it while i was walking get to my trailer lay down 15 minutes later get up and the second part of my day was always more productive i felt
1: right just from a nap you know harry truman minutes. used to nap he said just in a boxer shorts a pair of back boxers and a t-shirt and take a little 30 minute power nap and it used to make his day that's I mean, what he did i and
3: still love naps
1: do you still nap uh, even with kids you can nap
3: when i can even 15 minutes anything
1: i'm yeah. sure jess goes just go take a nap just go take a nap <laughs>
3: A lot of times I'll be like, I just need like 10, 15 minutes. And she knows I'll be back. But.
1: What about the pressure of like always being in shape, like getting bigger, like getting stronger, losing weight? Like, did you have to deal with a lot of that stuff?
3: Well, at the time, because of my age, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and what we did with Clark is Clark wasn't going to be a guy who would take your shirt off, if you know what I mean, unless it like the action made it happen. Right. Like, and your so, shirt
1: was off quite a few times,
3: but not as much as you think.
1: I'll have to go back Because
3: I remember being like, is it really worth it? Because I never had the time to work out. Like, we see these movies and all these guys now. They make time for that. Right. Um, what was I going to do? Work out five minutes a day and half hour on the weekends? like?
1: But you look good because you were young.
3: I was young, yeah.
1: But did you do push-ups in your trailer? Did you sometimes have some I weights?
3: Would, like, maybe before, like, an actual scene. Right. I would try to get a little pump or something. Um, but it was really just
1: you were lucky genetics yeah.
3: genetics yeah
1: but i remember there was one season where you just kind of were like over it you came back <laughs> and you just had yeah. eaten fucking everything in sight and yeah. the producers the what summer happened of what, gluttony. what happened
3: it was just there was a little conversation and it was steve wardrobe was like what happened <laughs> and i was like what do you mean i finally had fun for the first time in my life away from the show but i gained a few pounds and by the way it wasn't like i came back 300 pounds i just came back like a little bit more right and so i don't know if anything was adjusted or not but there was just a little bit of a you know let's clean it up let's clean it up
1: who said it to you al it had I, to be al. I, i'm
3: pretty sure it was steve al would ne- Al never steve the
1: wardrobe guy yeah. said uh you need to do something yeah he told you yeah and you were like what do you mean
3: well i knew what he meant <laughs> I was like, you're
1: right. How many episodes did it take you to get back into the shape you needed to be in?
3: I I don't recall, but I think it was a couple weeks because you have to understand, being on the show, you lose weight. There's no time to eat. There's no time to do anything. So it's like, you lose weight ju- just being the lead on a show. Right. I mean, unless you're going back eating a box of donuts in your trailer, but maybe <laughs> some guys do. I don't know.
1: You were always pretty good with your diet and stuff, though, right? Yeah, I eat pretty well. I mean, you had demands.
3: I mean, I just... I mean, I wasn't eating pizza and stuff, but, you know, chicken and salad, you know, I mean, just clean. Like, that's what I like to eat.
1: What's, what's your if you look back, like which one of your favorite episodes that you recall that you're like, you know what, this is the one I always remember.
3: Well, the easiest one is transference.
1: That's when you become evil Clark. No, no, it's not. I'll, I'll you switch t- bodies. You 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 talk. You tell me. <laughs> you do it. I don't remember.
3: It's Lionel Luther and Clark switch bodies, and so that's mm-hmm, for me to mm-hmm. play a character that um, that uh, is so iconic. And I mean, the glove. We love the glove. We love John Glover. Um, I mean, this guy is like, he's like an astronaut of, act. you know what I mean? He's just like,
1: you can't, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's superb.
3: So to play a character that he's been playing in a sense, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, you
1: switched, you became Lionel Luther. He became Clark, Clark Kent.
3: Yeah. And one of the things, and I think he'd enjoy the story, but he had more trouble playing Clark, I think, because Clark is, is more, his, his actions and the way he goes about is, is very simple and maybe not as complicated as Lionel Luther or, layered. And I remember John asking me to come to set and he was in the prison scene behind the bars and I was in the next scene, but, uh, James Marshall called me. I think he was directing one of the directors Yeah. yeah. And he called me and he said, can you come to set? And of course I'm like, I'm not supposed to, (laughs) I don't need to be there for another 30 minutes. And he's like, no Glover wants to talk to you. He wants your help. And I was like, I'll be there in two seconds, you know, and I go in there and John's pacing in this, literally in this cell in this prison. And I'm like, John, what's up? He's like, oh, and he like grabs the bars and he's like, Tom, I need your help. And I'm like, you need something to eat? Like, what do you, what do you need? He's like, how do you do it? I'm like, do what? And he goes, play Clarkette. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't, I just, I don't know. You know, he couldn't get, he couldn't feel like he could get there. I go, just simplify things. It's not all that complicated. I mean, I can say that to a guy like John because he's like so talented. Right. Um, and he was like, you don't understand. I complicate everything. <laughs> and I was like, just slow everything down you're not so ahead of everything as you normally may be. And he, and I saw a light in his eyes and somehow that piece of information or, or direction landed with him. Right. And I mean, if you watch the episode, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch.
1: Now, what about the fact you told me, you tell the story, tell the story about the, uh, it was one of the best, um, it was written about that was one of the best episodes ever. Oh, and then something happened. <laughs> so so this was written about in a publication recently, I believe.
3: Yeah. So the same story came out on the same... Like We're getting ready for this big 20th anniversary since Smallville started. Um, and we have a lot of press coming on and people want to talk about it, which is great. Right. So I found myself being like, you know what? Maybe I need to revisit some of the information so I can have more talking points from what I've just been talking about before. So I found this website and I was like, cool. Top 10 episodes of Smallville. And one of them on there is the one about... Red kryptonite and clark kind of goes bad and whatnot and i'm so and and i texted you the list because i was like oh i there's like two episodes that you're very much featured on too right just so that when you and i are together we can talk kind of like this so anyway i'm like okay cool and then there's this link on there and they're like top 10 worst things about smallville and i was like i gotta click on that so I click on it. And the first one is how bad I was an actor in that episode. That was like one of the best episodes. And I was like, this is on the same website. And I remember talking to you about it. You're like, you can't listen to stuff. And I'm like, I know I'm not upset about it. And then you're like, but you're talking about it. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm not upset. I just, I, I just find it, you know,
1: it's, it's kind of ironic. It's, it's, it's just like, it's one of the best episodes ever ranked on their site. And then, It's the the worst performance ever. It just doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, listen, I mean, it's just what it
1: is. And that's what you got to let, I mean, we got to let go as actors. We can't, it's none of our business what other people think about us.
3: Okay, but on the same note, I have a question for you. I listened to one of your episodes lately with the guy from The Flash. No, this is good. Okay. You guys are talking about how you can never, you can never allow yourself to really enjoy your experience. And, And part of my heart broke because it's like, a lot of actors go their whole careers never able to enjoy anything they've ever done. And I don't think anyone's ever been able to say why you can. Like it's it's you uh, know what yeah. I mean? Like a lot of people go through their lives just, you know, like I'm so miserable and, and misery is such a motivation. Um, and I don't know how to get through that. But I guess my point, I did that going through Smallville, and now that time has passed, I actually am not able to appreciate it somehow. Right. And I don't know. You just spoke specifically about how like you're never happy. I'm sorry. Not that you're never happy, but like when you perform, you're like,
1: uh, it stresses me out. I try. I just want to enjoy myself. I, I, I don't think I've ever really, there are moments when I'm really comfortable on set and I enjoy things, but Overall, I put so much pressure on myself to be great that it's yeah. hard to enjoy what you're doing when you just are always striving to be great and not just enjoying the moment. I think that goes with life. It's like if you're not yeah. in the moment, how are you going to enjoy it? You're always ahead of yourself. You're stressing out about things. And how do you how do you deal with that?
3: Well, I, you know, you brought up having kids. My kids have taught me how to be in the moment because, I mean, it, when you're on set, you're in the moment because somebody says action or go, and you're you know you're there. Right. And if you're not there, you, you probably don't stand a chance, at least for that scene or whatnot. But with your kids and maybe your frustrations building or this and that, but you're like, but even my wife has told me, it's like, it's all temporary. So it's going to change in probably 15 minutes anyway, whatever's going on, the happiness or the or the frustration. So just, just enjoy it because your kids are going to grow and they're going to be gone before you know it. So the, it, going back to your earlier question about kids, like that's what it's teaching me. Appreciate what's happening right now. Whether it's good or bad, right? And I think that's that's left out a lot about appreciation. Like, are you only supposed to appreciate everything good about this moment? No. Maybe appreciate what can you learn from this moment? I think is the way to get to appreciation. Somebody just ran into you in their car. I mean, this is a horrible example. <laughs> but what can Mother! you? Mother. Yeah. But if somehow you can get to what can I learn from this moment, you you will actually maybe be able to be in the moment more i mean i help you navigate
1: of... other moments so it's yeah. like you know what take a deep breath like being you know, here i'm alive this is an accident how do we do with this you right. know it, 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 there's there's a way of programming to program your mind to make you sort of not freak out about everything And go. i think that goes with years of therapy and other things like that yeah um the tight. no tights no flights now that was something from the beginning yeah. that you were like i'm clark kent this is the story of clark kent and how he becomes you know, is is his, uh, his growing up yeah. and eventually becomes Superman. But they made it clear to you and you said, hey, I'm signing this contract because I'm playing Clark Kent. I'm not getting in the tights, right? And they said, absolutely. How many times did they try to kind of convince you, like, let's do it. It's time. Let's do it. Let's get in the tights. Well,
3: there, there was never that conversation. So the conversation went, yes. I And going back to your being so naive, I was so naive that I was just like, I had some experience with contracts before and how they can maybe sound good. And once you go through them, they, they, they can work against you. And so with this one and I had other options at the time and I was like, okay, here's the deal. Like I, I read the scripts, kid in high school, we don't know who he's going to be. He, and I never wanted really him to be Superman. Um, So in my contract was I would never put on the cape or the tights or the suit. I think it was like halfway through season one, they just put out a script and Clark's like flying around with a suit on and stuff. And I remember just sort of saying, you know, you guys know that that's not going to be me. <laughs> like it's in my contract. You said what? that. Yeah. And they were like, okay. And they rewrote it. I think they were just trying to see if they could test the water. And by the way, if Clark was in his suit as Superman season one, we would have never lasted 10 years. Right. Cause it wasn't what the show is. Right. There's, Lois and Clark and these other shows that that's what it's about. It's about them being in the suits and, 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 and saving the day. Right. It was about Clark and Lex and Jonathan and Lionel and Martha and all the other characters. It was about their journey of who they were going to be, not who they are. Um, as far as at the end. Right. If that makes any if sense. If you were to go back, cut that if off.
1: you can go back in time and to the, to the last episode, would you fly a little more? No. Did you want to be seen a little more? No. Did you think it was just enough?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I wrote that scene.
1: Really? Yeah. The the final scene of the when
3: Clark goes like this, that was I. I had a conversation with Peter Roth, who's the the head of, of he was the, network. the head of the
1: right.
3: Yep. And um, I was my idea was I wanted this is how I felt about the show ending is I wanted, I wanted to show Clark ascending. But knowing that we can't go there, but in our hearts know that he was out there, and I got that from other right. shows that I like. Jack Bauer did that in Twenty Four. Maybe you that's Twenty Four. I would go home to. I I would race home to watch Twenty Four while we were shooting. Small. Did you ever see
1: Twenty Four, Ryan? You yeah. liked it?
3: with Kiefer Sutherland, who's now like kind of a friend of mine, and I still get nervous when I see him.
1: You get starstruck.
3: I do, because I just and not because he's Jack Bauer, just because you know when you invest your time watching a show and then you meet that person it's like it's it's otherworldly a lot of times um and i would race home this is before you could just like download right you know and all that other stuff so tivo i believe even before that it was like it would air on fox on this night and if you didn't if you weren't didn't have like a tape recorder i mean this was 2002
1: three yeah yeah yeah. um
3: but yeah that was that was my go-to so anyway that inspired me a little bit and I just wanted Clark to live on, but in our hearts, but we couldn't see him go there
1: as Superman. Right, you know we're not going to talk about it, but you know a lot of people have asked about the uh, the animated series, the Smallville animated series yeah. that you and I are working on, and we yeah. will just say that it's been it's fun. We're going to be pitching, you know, uh, in January, Warner Brothers, and you know we've got some great people attached, and you know we're hoping that they they bite. And um,
3: what well, can we say? Who's attached? I mean.
1: Uh, well alan miles the creators of smallville and uh you know we're uh so people ask me questions we don't have any information for you other than we've got a great pitch and uh we hope they bite well that's all i'll say
3: yeah i think i think the the only thing we can say is that it it is moving forward which is a lot of fun
1: yeah Um, yeah
3: we talked about it actually for a few years we and were then always we talking about how cool it would be
1: at conventions. And then we were like, you know, this, you know, and finally now it's coming to fruition yeah. a little bit, you know, at least the, the idea and the artwork and, yep. you know, well, but it's that. fun because, you know, doing these conventions with you, we've started to like become better friends. Not only that, but like, you know, then you write a script and like, we're you know, I'm pitching, it, we're pitching it together. And yeah. uh, we're trying to, it's, it's, it's nice to be working with friends. It's nice to be, um, what's your experience with that? Because you've you've never really worked with friends before and stuff. Usually, you're just uh, actor for hire or uh, producer or whatever.
3: Well, I th- I think that yeah. A lot of times when you go to work, you you hopefully become friends with the people. Right. But there's an old Hollywood saying that it you know, you hope to get to a point in this industry where you only get to work with your friends because then you're really having fun.
1: Yeah. That's and I think that's part
3: billion. of you know the the shorthand that you and I have, Alan Miles. I mean, it's just so easy yeah. and creative. It it's exciting. Um, and I, and I think that that's going to lend a lot of, uh, energy to the project.
1: I think it does. I think it's just sort of like, you know, like, Hey, it's going to be me and you on set and we're going to be able to hire people if, if the show gets picked up and we get to hire people that we like and work with. And there's, there's there's, this, that's such an appeal. That's such a, I mean, really living the life. If you could do that, if you could hire the people around you,
3: it's, it's, I mean, with any job, I'm sure everybody who's listening or watching this, you know, you know, you have to go to work. Some people you like, and some people you don't want to be around. Yeah, and you—it's it, a lot of work to be around people that you don't a sort of, of mesh with. But then when you get that person that you connect with, it's fun.
1: You yeah, know? the professionals. Yeah, you and Brendan Fraser and in, in freaking South Africa. Yeah, you almost died.
3: Uh, we, I think I don't think I was the only one. I mean, we had <laughs> we we had armed security. Uh, we, we weren't allowed to leave the hotel on our own. Um, one of the crew cars got shot with like an a, a AK-740 round because two taxi drivers got in a fight. It was, it's, Johannesburg is a very interesting place. and um, Did
1: you know it was going to be this dangerous? No. No. Were you scared for your life at times?
3: I, I was. I mean, I felt protected because of the, Bodyguards the guys and around things. me in the armored car that I would go to set in. But on set, we would kind of shoot out in the, in the boonies a little bit. So I didn't feel like we were set. But a couple of times we went into the city and it... It got a little, a little hairy, but it added, you know, I'm trying to be positive about it now, but it added to the energy of it. But my, the idea when I went down there's so my family would come. And I think within like two days, I'm like, know, oh, that's not going to happen. You're not coming. No.
1: And how long were you gone without seeing them? Three months. Without seeing Thompson. Uh-huh. Was that the most difficult thing you've had to endure?
3: Yeah. I mean, part of it, he was in part of it was he was so young at the time. You know, I convinced myself that he didn't know I wasn't there. And my wife did a great job. She ended up flying out to New York and being with my family, which was, was helpful as well. Um, but there were a couple days where it was really tough. But then, you know, most of the time you just focus on the work and, you know, the, it's just, yeah, it was tough. I won't do it again.
1: How was, uh, well, what do you mean you won't do it again? Because the CW just picked up the professionals to air on the CW. Yes. Now, if it's a success, won't they want to do another series?
3: Most likely, but there'll be some adjustments to security and location
1: and, and duration. All those and yeah. What was Brendan Fraser like to work with? Oh.
3: So, first of all, amazing. I'm and a... his
1: career is just on a.
3: Yeah. Him, he's working He's with... taking off. He's yeah. working with your buddy Scorsese. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, he... my good buddy Scorsese, <laughs> old Marty. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, I was a fan of Brendan. I mean, everybody's a fan of Brendan and, (laughs) and we get there and our characters, I'm supposed to play this military guy who's only paid to protect him and doesn't really care about him. And his character was written in a way that should be that way. But then Brendan shows up to set and he's so damn likable (laughs) and such a nice guy that I found myself fighting, caring about him as my character would, you know what I mean? Like in person, him and I got along great. Like it was like, it was seamless but i felt i, I was like I, I don't think my character should like him all this much i don't think he should be so at ease with him and so it was like a it was like a fun fight right but he's just so he's so good at what he does i mean
1: when does this air when does the professionals air see that they haven't said but they, they made an said. announcement because i saw the they announcement they bought
3: it they don't know when they're gonna air it
1: and you guys should watch the professionals there's a trailer out for it it yeah. looks pretty crazy it looks like you had it in an intense shoot we so doesn't look like it was fun. It was fun once
3: we started rolling. <laughs> right. If you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Getting to set, being away from set was all very uh delusional. <laughs> like you just you didn't know where you were in time and space or, or or sort of what was going on. But once you started filming, the whole cast and crew was was fantastic. But there was one of our characters who he's walking down so Basically, think of the whole crew is on this side, right? And they're filming this way and they're walking down a, 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 a like a, well, an African dirt road. And this guy's a band. He doesn't know where he is. And he's walking around. It's kind of funny. It's action funny is what this thing is. And literally, dude, without anybody knowing it, a giraffe comes out like 50 feet behind him on onto the dirt road. And the actor, Ken, who's this fantastic actor... Turns around and sees a giraffe and uses it and just starts being like. They kept it? Yeah. And he's like, this is how crazy it is that I crash landed and I'm just walking on this dirt road. And I'm seeing this in.
1: in Real like, time.
3: Well, in the, I watched the. You um,
1: watched the pilot. I
3: watched the film because I'm one of the producers as well. And I was like, I remember calling one of their producers because I wasn't there that day. And I was like, how did you get that giraffe to do that? They're like, oh, we, <laughs> that was not a plan. But this actor <laughs> turned around, saw a giraffe, and just stayed with it. Stayed with it. And this guy can, I mean, he's a German guy. He's a fantastic actor. He speaks like five languages and he dubs his character. He's a German actor. He will he dubs his performances in like French, Italian, and English. And obviously he speaks in German or like nobody else dubs him in other countries. He dubs himself. He does himself. He dubs himself. Like that's how That's he- crazy. And he's a great actor, yeah.
1: Do you still love acting? Yeah. It's you fun. love it. You love being on set. You love acting. Oh,
3: there's, you know, there's a, there's a thing about being on a television show and, and fighting the re- the repetitiveness. Repetitiveness. Uh, repetitiveness. Wow, I can't believe I said it. Thank you for saying it. That's part of the job is that part. But there's those times where you nail a scene or you're just in a moment and you walk away and like, you can't go to sleep. It's like a drug, you know, it's like, and... You know, you you may not get that all the time, but you strive for that. But when you nail it, like it's just like it's a visceral.
1: But you definitely want to act for the rest of your life. You like to, you you yeah. love doing it. You want it. You you it excites you.
3: Yeah, the idea of it. Yeah, not the idea of it. I mean something like that. But like like it's not like
1: because some people I never just want to do it again. Because some people just like you know. I have a friend who's always just like I don't care what I'm doing. I just as long as I'm acting. Where I, I'm not like that exactly. I I don't want to do anything. Yeah you know. I've heard um, you
3: on your podcast have this discussion before. Yeah. No, I mean, I have. Right. And I and I get that. You don't live for it, and that's fine. But when some when something comes along... That you have to do. I could see you immediately jumping up and getting right into it.
1: Yeah. and I, I, I
3: think that's true. And that's okay. That's why you see... Also, you see a lot of actors who, when they find success, you see them for, like, five, six years. Not to say it's not ten or whatever. But they, like, bust it out, and then you don't see them for a while. Well, because maybe they're living their life again, or... Now they're being more selective a break. because they can or whatnot. But I mean, the, the two projects that you and I have going, you'd be out of your seat in two seconds to do, just oh, yeah, like yeah, I would. yeah, for so, sure. For sure. But that's because it's meaningful to you.
1: It's meaningful. Yeah. That's exactly right. Shit talking with Tom Welling. Uh, these are questions Oh, good. My, We're almost done. Well, oh, geez. She, you know, that's the end. <laughs> well, no, but these are my top tier patrons. If you thing. want to give back to the podcast, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you like it, you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash inside of you. It's awesome. I'm a uh, member. He's a member. There's a lot of patrons, and they really give back to the podcast. And I couldn't do this show without them. But here is the first question: Raj says, "What's the longest you went wearing the same underwear during the pandemic?"
3: <laughs> oh, I'm not that guy. Um,
1: you change your underwear every day.
3: I mean, if not twice, yeah. I'm not a. I'm. I get. Yeah,
1: you're not disgusting.
3: No, like I don't like being. <laughs> That's I, what you're saying. I'm not like weird about being clean, but like I, I, yeah, I don't. I've been stuck traveling and like, oh man, I only brought one pair of socks and I'm here for three days. And then you're like in the sink Dude. and you're putting them in the sunshine to get the the scent off. I have, I've done Things stuff. Things
1: get like musty. That. They get moldy. I, I keep myself clean. Yeah. Well, that starts with trimming down there. Like we talked about <laughs> in the very beginning of this uh, episode. Dana asks, as an adult, what is the most childish thing you catch yourself doing?
3: Childish. I mean
1: enjoying playing with your kids because it's like <laughs> you get childish. to play with toys
3: <laughs> i mean like there's i mean if, if like burping and farting it's not but i don't like enjoy that i mean as much as you do ah, who does but childish thing of, of just like there's times when like when you have kid kids you you start to evaluate what you do with your time and how much like there is that sort of thing and there's times where I, i'll i'll be sitting there watching something on tv or or doing nothing i'm like i'm literally wasting my time right now but I, sometimes you need to waste your time.
1: But so. isn't there something like... But like I don't I, play video games.
3: You I don't play like, video games?
1: Like I collect horror posters and memorabilia and things like that. Is there any kind of like little thing you do like that? You don't really... You never kept anything off the set. No. You never brought anything home.
3: And you know what? I, I, I wish I did, but then I did a show like Lucifer where I was there for a season. I didn't take any from that. Like it does...
1: It doesn't interest you. It,
3: I don't... It, it doesn't occur to me. I almost need someone to tell me to do it because when I'm at work, I'm just thinking about that. I'm not thinking about after work. Right. I mean, it's it's not even a consideration, but like, you know, now that I have kids, it's like, it'd be really cool to have some of that stuff. Um, but again, that's not for me, it's for them. So I don't know if that's a difference.
1: Do you like being an adult? Do you ever like th- wish that you were young again? Do you ever wish you were like a, a teenager? Do you ever like, or, or you're just like, I'm moving forward?
3: I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I'm happier now than I've ever been. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, That's like, amazing. Like even like people are like, the slippery slope of what would you have done differently? I mean, there's a shitload I would do, I would do differently, but only if it got to got me to where I am now. If you know what you I mean, you wouldn't want like, to
1: change anything that would alter who you if are. If I now. could
3: skip a couple things or change another things, but then be right here, right now, I right. would do that.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. But,
3: I mean, there's a million things we would change, but yeah. then I'm in a happy place. If I wasn't in a happy
1: place, I'm sure I could just go off. You could riff. You (laughs) could just fucking riff. I could probably riff. Yeah. Bob K., what classic film would you love to remake as an actor or director?
3: It's funny. I tried to remake a (laughs) classic film. Uh, Ray Liotta did a movie called No
1: Escape. I remember that movie in the 90s. And
3: I spent about two years trying to remake that. and it. In a different way. The problem was you can't remake that movie as it is now. You have to update it. Right. And we couldn't cry we couldn't mm-hmm. quite crack how it would be different to remake it. But um, that and I'm a big fan of Westerns, like any Western. Would you do a
1: Western in a second?
3: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. I would love Westerns to do a Western. are so clear, like they're so cinematic, and same time so clear as far as right and wrong and moral. And you know, obviously a lot of that's been changed. I mean, they redid the Magnificent Seven recently. It didn't work because they they just got away from the core element of right. what a Western is.
1: Um, they probably got away from character and likability. It just
3: became celebrity, like everybody looking good.
1: Everybody being macho. Yeah.
3: And if you go back to The Seven Samurai, which that is basically, you know, the original Magnificent Seven is based on, it's it's all characters. Japanese film. I recommend it.
1: What uh, Nico. What age would your kids need to be before you ask Michael to babysit them? <laughs> Nico, you son of a bitch.
3: I'd probably ask my kids to babysit you first. <laughs> that could
1: probably be yeah. the way to go. Yeah. I think I'd be a great babysitter.
3: You'd be fine. I mean, you can't breastfeed right now. That's, no, that's one no, thing with no. the younger one. Thompson, you and Thompson would have a blast. You guys, he's the funniest person. He that, is hilarious. You're the, you're the second funniest person. I thought you were the first he's now you're the second my son is so funny you want to hear a funny story yes this literally happened the other day and you can cut this if it's not funny so i'm a member of a golf course here um, in los angeles i'm there with my wife my three-month-old and my almost three-year-old son thompson and we're there with some other friends joe pesci who i told you made me late the other day to meeting you right he comes over because we're all friends he's a golf buddy of mine he comes over hey tommy how you doing hey jessica you know the whole day. And my son is standing painting just like on paper. And he goes, hey kid, how you doing? And my son looks up, and Joe's wearing like this, like a not a like a baller's cap and he's smoking a cigar. My son looks up, he goes, What are you, a cowboy?
1: Oh my god. And Joe looks at
3: me and goes, What are you, a wise guy? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, like, it was like one, two, and my son just starts drawing again.
0: <laughs> Everybody else
3: just fucking dies. I've never said to my son, "What are you a cowboy?" I have no idea where he gets that. He looked at Joe Pesci and he goes, "What are you a cowboy?" It what was are you a wise guy? Totally, dude. Totally. Were you dying, dude? We were all like, "That's the Joe was. Joe was, he laughed in his way. Like, yeah, he oh, thought I it was amuse crazy. you. Well, he just loves kids. <laughs> what are you painting your thing? You throwing offensive comments? It's so completely <laughs> honest. You know what I mean? Kids are so honest. But anyway, so that's what I said. Like the funny thing, and my son is—I just. I can't get enough of it. He's amazing.
1: Leanne P says, what lessons has being a dad taught you? I mean, you've answered that in so many ways.
3: Well, but- I, one of them is patience. One of his is like time and uh, like scheduling, but also like priori- priorities. Because I have a tendency that I can spin out um, and not spin out in a way. Like when we moved, I found myself trying to do like 10 things in one day. And my wife was like, "Okay, let's just slow down a little bit and let's prioritize." And and one of the things she said to me, "She's, it's going to take a year for us to move into this house, right? So let's just focus on you know this room or this that. We kind of, you know, we have a lot outside. We're like, we're going to wait to do that. We're going to wait for the garage. We just prioritize." And so I think I've gotten better at that because I have a tendency to try to like do ten things at once. And anything you read about being productive tells you you can only do one thing at one time. Like, yeah. every book says that same thing. Yeah. Um. However, there's a lot of things wrong with me or that are slightly unhealthy in life that totally work on set. Juggling 15 things at once, focusing, moving on. Yeah,
1: there's certain, something about that that kind of works on there, set.
3: There is that thing. And that's that's why, like, some, some people can really do well on set and can't do well in life and vice versa. And then you get people like Tom Hanks who, <laughs> like they can do everything
1: so yeah. i don't know you know what would be fun which probably will never happen i don't think it would ever happen but to get together with the entire cast for like a dinner or something or a gathering wouldn't that be fun i mean i haven't seen said a burp it was a kind of a burp i tried to <laughs> what's the what's the word i tried to hide it swallow Just stifle it? stifle hide yes all those things <laughs> But I always thought that would be kind of cool to see John and Annette and Glover and uh, uh, Kristen and you and me and a couple other cast members to just, you know, to just sort of be in a room together. It's been so long. Well, part of the fun thing, we just did it
3: recently. We saw Alan and Sam, who, I mean, I haven't seen in since the Alan show. Alan Richland,
1: that... who was Aquaman on the show. Yep. And, um, and, now and we saw Sam Jones. Jack, Re- He's going to be Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher.
3: Um, yeah. And it's, it's like, it's so funny how you pick up right we where you stopped and it's like sitting down at dinner would i don't know maybe not dinner I but maybe like drinks just,
1: in a bar atmosphere just like running
3: into each other is so much fun because yeah. there's a there's a there's a i've said this before to you i don't know if, if it was on this podcast or not but there's a trust that is like forged on set that doesn't go away yeah like there's other actors that you meet and because you work with this person you can walk right up to them and talk to them, and you haven't seen them forever yeah and then that's true and then like their husbands or their wives are like who the fuck is this guy who just walked up (laughs) and you're talking to like this
1: do you who do you miss the most that you haven't seen in a long time that you like you like seeing them or you'd like to just at least or that person
3: probably i've really only seen schneider once yeah and i just he was such a big part of mine and clark's journey um you know the the hand on the shoulder and the like that shoulder, was all his yeah, yeah. thing the whole john wayne yep, yeah yeah um so yeah
1: schneidy schneidy i'd like to see annette it's been a long time since i've seen annette
3: i mean i wouldn't it's not like i wouldn't want to see any of them it's hard to prioritize yeah that's true. it's true it's like what's your favorite movie like i don't have favorites yeah like, I just, well you
1: do yeah. you're sitting across from them but um <laughs> But look, we do the cons together. We do these Smallville Nights. If you guys ever get a chance to come out uh, and visit, uh, we're doing one. This podcast will probably be, be aired after. Wait, that well, we have more terrible. to do. I mean, we have. Yeah, we have other cons that we go. So yeah. look us up and come to a Smallville Nights. Come see us. We always have a lot of fun. What's what's the most thing, what, what, the biggest thing you love about going to the cons?
3: Um, So I spent a lot of years on Smallville we dealt with a lot because the show was successful. We were, you know, we were asked to do a lot of press. And one of the things about press is like, they're always trying to kind of like find out what's bad or, you know, trying to, they're, they're trying to figure out who you are when you know, I don't find myself all that interesting or don't feel like I have a lot to share. But when you go to the cons, you're meeting fans and they, they express to you what the show meant to them in their own way. And it's like,
0: man, it's, it,
3: it's, it's awesome. Like I just want to hear their stories. I mean, and especially a show like Smallville, which, you know, people watch with their parents or their dads and their moms. And some of those people now don't have their moms and dads or, or whoever they watched it with. And they're there and they share that story. And it's so moving because we weren't thinking about that when we were filming or when we meet service members who I remember this one guy in an airport came up to me. and He's in his fatigues. And I don't know if he was coming home or, or going overseas. And he was like, hey, man, you're that Smallville guy. And I was like, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> He goes, man, I gotta tell you, my sister sent me a box of DVDs, and that was the last goddamn shit we watched. But man, we enjoyed it. Thank you. And I was like, what? Thank me. I mean, I got chills right now. I'm like, thank me. Something? Like, thank you. And and it was, I'm I'm glad they got to it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But yeah. But it distracted them. It, it, it's an escape. And I mean, uh that's what TV does, that's what movies do, that's what entertainment does. So you know, a lot of times we think we're doing something that's trivial and stupid and whatever, and it's not a big deal, but it affects other people.
3: That's how I feel about this.
1: Yeah. I, and I thank <laughs> you for doing this. Oh, this is I fun. thank you for doing this. By the way, I probably asked you this a million times, but some da- time down the road, if they asked you to be Superman. I think, you know, there was a, there's a, it wasn't,
3: especially during Smallville, it wasn't about being Superman or not. It, it was, it was, it was only being Clark Kent on Smallville but they did some superman movies they were never going to shut down smallville for me to even do one right and it's just a different thing dc movies and dc television are, are very different things and that's all fine um and then when things when smallville ended i was very anti playing superman but now as i get older i'm like oh maybe i i mean yes i think it would be fun and i think I would like to think that I could add an element that maybe hasn't been there for a while, as far as like, maybe Superman's not so detached. Maybe he's not such an alien. Maybe he's more, maybe there's an element of, you know, my favorite scene is when Superman goes into the cafe, doesn't have his powers. He gets beat up. Then he comes back with his powers and how does he, and how he deals with that. Right. I think that element may need to come back in a little bit and it'd be fun. And, and again, you know, I'm, listen, the other thing about when your friends have kids, they just talk about your kids. We had friends over last night who have same, similar age kids. We were like two hours into the night. My buddy's like, So how are you?
1: Because
3: it was just kids, kids. And it's,
1: it's fantastic. I could tell but, you had plans, by the way. Cause I was just like, Yeah. So I'm in the area. And you're like, All right, cool. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, I was going to stop by tonight, but. Well, no. I mean, you're always welcome. I know. I know I
3: am. But I think that having my my boys now, I I, I kind of have to get over myself a little bit. Like,
1: how cool would it be for Dad to? to I mean... But by the way, how cool would it be for all the people for for ten years that watched Smallville and watched you becoming Superman yeah. over the years to down the road see that Superman now? Well, and from what that's I... that's a unique thing that no one can can do other than or, you. or have or have done right playing that for ten years and then going in and playing Superman. Yeah, and maybe there's a thing. You know, maybe who who knows? I always say. You know, no one's ever asked me to play Lex. Maybe I'm not old enough to play Lex. Well, Jesse Eisenberg is, is not that old either. <laughs> but maybe maybe I'll be a better Lex when I'm like in my 50s.
3: Well, there's also this thing that they're doing, that they started doing in television, these multiverse things, which now the films are, are embracing. And so you could have five different guys playing Superman in the same movie. Um, you know, I think the Batman movie's coming out. There's like... Uh, I mean, yeah. There's a couple of pe- there's people coming back from the old films and whatnot. I think the film... The television always wants film people involved i think film is slowly allowing television people in there's still a yeah even though viewership i don't think cares because they don't care if you are in a movie or on television they're watching on their ipads anyway right. you know what i mean like they don't care but um i think that there's you know i think it'd be cool
1: last question trivia question oh, how, <laughs> many has, set. how many times how many times has ryan watched the smallville series
3: that reaction? I think you're pr- trying to pretend like you haven't watched it.
2: Well, not pretending. <laughs> no, he's never seen I've it. I've never seen it. No, You've never he's seen never an seen episode? one episode. Not one. Not, I haven't seen a frame.
3: That's probably good.
1: Yeah, start yeah. it. You well, might I'm just not like saying, it. Oh, you're not saying that. I'm not saying it's <laughs> probably watch good, it. good. You haven't. It's seen it. It's probably good <laughs> that
3: these these stories then you're like, oh, what are, what are they talking about? I mean, that's it's good. all it's all new to me. Yeah, we did that on Smoovo.
1: Yeah.
3: I didn't know who Man Manhunter was. I, I didn't know, know who these a lot people were. were. People
1: were educating me. They're like, this is so-and-so. I didn't know what the fuck was going on yeah. in general. Um, it's better when you don't know. It's better <laughs> when you don't know things. You're going to learn about it when you watch the show. Uh, shout out to your friend, uh, Amanda's friend. Oh, yeah. Dave. Dave, Dave Lewis, Dave Lewis, big shout out to you. Tom, say hello to Dave Lewis. Hey,
3: Dave. Dave's watched the series six or seven times. I know
1: you're listening. (laughs) I just want to give a shout out to Dave Lewis. I thought it'd be funny. It's just an inside. Anyway, dude, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. I I loved it. I mean, it's it's so easy just to talk to you. This is,
3: we're all, the only difference between this and like any other time is we're just recording it.
1: We're just recording (laughs) it. This is what we do anyway. And we don't swear as much.
3: That's fucking true.
1: Jeez. F bomb galore. (laughs) I love you, dude. This is awesome.
3: And you haven't farted once.
1: Uh, if I had to, I would have. Nope, nothing <laughs> <now>. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you know, we never know what we're going to talk about when we start talking. And mm-hmm. uh, we just, we, we talk and hopefully people give a shit. That's what you hope. You hope that uh, people continue to tune in. Uh, A lot of times we have new guests, but sometimes we have guests that, you know, I just like having on, like uh, Kristen Krug's coming back, uh, Brandon Mm -hmm. Routh, you know, Tom Welling, Jensen Ackles, Jared Padalecki, uh, Stephen Amell. There's certain people, Zach Levi, that I have on more than once, Mm -hmm. that I even like to have on once a year. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite, you think, this year, right?
2: Recurring or just favorite? I think in general.
1: Oh, boy. Um... God, I, I remember are, you liked Billy Magnuson, I think. I, I did like Billy Magnuson. I think you also liked uh, Nick Frost.
2: I like Nick Frost. Uh, Ozzy Test 5 was a good one.
1: Ozzy Test 5 was a really good one.
2: Um, Jesus, Ernie Hudson was this year. Ernie Hudson was really good, wasn't he? you believe he? that?
1: Wow. Yeah. That was seems like an eternity ago. I know. Oh, Ernie. Thank you for coming on. Thank you to all my guests for coming on. And thank you again for listening to this podcast. Uh, There's so many choices you have. And uh, the fact that you choose mine, the fact that my patrons are giving to the podcast and keeping it going is remarkable. So thank you, Cumulus. Thank you, Ryan, my man right here. Give me a thumbs up. Thumbs up, baby. Thumbs (laughs) up. Uh, Thank you, Bryce, my producer. Thank you, Jason. Jason, my man, my main man. Thank you, man, for uh, editing the shows. And uh, again... Have a happy holidays. I uh, want to give a shout out to some organizations, foodonfoot.org, helping the homelessness. Uh, you know, if you want to donate, foodonfoot.org. I'm sorry, foodonfoot.org, for, yeah, for the homeless, homelessness that's going on in Los Angeles. We have Echoes of Hope for Foster Youth. <clears throat> Foster Youth is, I've uh, got to take care of them. Um, Echoesofhope.org and also the Ronald McDonald House. Um, and uh, also, if you want to go to the Inside of You online store, there's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, use Rosie Christmas 10 R-O-S-E-Y, Christmas 10, for 10% off. And um, have yourselves a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. Um, before I end the show, we're going to do the top tier, of course. Mm. But uh, uh, another shout out to those patrons. If you want to join Patreon, it's slash Patreon, Inside of you. And, uh, there's, there's tears and there's, uh, you know, I give gift baskets and there's just a bunch of shit. So check it out. It's become a great family and I love those guys. And let's just go right at it. Top tiers. Here they are. Thank you so much for contributing this year and every year. Some of you have been around since the beginning and supporting this podcast, which is unbelievable, Ryan. It is amazing that people stick around because there's so much, you know, the attention span. Thank God my, the majority of my audience is, is, is not. 18 to 25 because they just fucking split attention span of fruit flies.
2: Well, you're just not playing Minecraft at the same time. That's your problem. Yeah,
1: exactly. If this podcast was 30 seconds long, they might listen. But that's not what people do. But you guys do. You listen, and you you hopefully get something from it. Here we go. Nancy D., Leah S., Sarah V., Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E., Brian H., Nico P., Jerry W., Robert B., Jason W., Kristen K., Amelia O., Allison L., Raj She. Joshua D., Emily S., CJP, Samantha M., Jennifer N., Stacy L., Jen S., Jamal F, Janelle B, Kimberly E, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99more, Ramira, Santiago M, Chad W, Leanne P, Janine R, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Spider-Man. Chase. Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Mr. M, Hi Mr. M, Liliana A, Michelle K, Michelle S, Michael S, I have something in my eye here. Uh, Talia M, Betsy D, Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle, Nathan E, Marion, Meg K, Janelle P, Trav L, Dan N, Big Stevie, W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Super, Sam, Coleman G, Dev, Nexon, Michelle A, Liz I, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Sebastian K, Gav, Gavinator, David C, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, the C, Joey M, Willie F. Christina E. Adelaide N. Omar I. Lena L. Lena N. Mm. Eugene and Lee. Uh, Eugene and Leah. Would you say Leah? L-E-A-H. I always fuck that up. Yeah, that's a Leah. That's a Leah. Eugene and Leah. Hmm. Hi, Eugene and Leah. I know you guys. I just messed up Leah's name. Chris P., Nikki G., Corey, Patricia, Heather L., and Jake B. You guys really help the podcast in so many ways. All my patrons help, and uh, I really appreciate you. So thank you for listening to the show all year. Thank you for making this show, this show uh, a priority. Ryan, I hope you've enjoyed it.
2: I have. <laughs> Sorry, I bumped the mic.
1: <laughs> you all right there, bud? I'm good. Yeah, Ryan's good. Ryan's good. Are you doing anything for the holidays? You're going away. Going away. Going to, going to Hawaii. That's right. Going to Hawaii for a wedding and seeing some uh, Amanda's family. Yep. yep. That'll be great. We'll yep. have a great time, man. Be safe. I will come back a... Uh, a new man? and A different person. You'll come back a different person. <laughs> Hopefully you'll come back. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you all for allowing me to get inside of you this year. And uh, we got another great podcast coming up next week, so don't miss out. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And um, from myself, Michael Rosenbaum, here in the Hollywood Hills of California.
2: The oh, Hollywood Hills, I'm Ryan Tails.
1: Oh, a little wave up there to the camera. And uh, be good to yourselves, all right? Be good to yourselves, and we'll see you.